March 14, 2019, it's a Pedro show.
So seal your heart of hearts. Well, I just had a heart to to Pedro Show. Hey, brother, man. Happy hey, Thursday. Yes. Man. Time change. New world. That's right. You sprung ahead. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, tomorrow is Ides of March. Oh, yes. Yeah, 15. Oh, there's our guest, brother. Hey, man. hello. It's not just me and you. Hi. Pleasure <laughs> to Love Grotto. Wow. Hello. Welcome. The, uh, the wonders of Skype, we got Elizabeth LaFay of Globe Blamp. Calling from the OC? You do. I'm here. Welcome to Pedro. Which part? Who? Orange County. Oh, I'm in LA right now. I'm in Highland Park. Oh. Uh, a little North Orange County. But you're from South yeah, Orange I'm County, a, right? Mission I'm from North County, yeah. Okay. I'm from like uh, Mission Viejo and Dana Point. The old mission in Dana Point. Yeah, right mm. on the border. Chow it's chow. like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very southern. Yeah, it's by uh, it's because uh, the Cho House in uh, San Juan Capistrano. <laughs> yeah, Cho House. <laughs> well, known known here as the Cho House, <laughs> where it can be like freezing outside, <laughs> but the people you. working there is sweating up a storm. Uh, Did you work there? No, I never worked. Oh, well, I've done gigs there. In fact, I was just they got the tables that come right up to the stage. You could dance on them. <laughs> And we are opening for X in the second minute. Uh, oh, we started off with we started off with um, uh, John Coltrane doing Mr. Sims with his uh, classic quartet, and then Globeland doing Saint Cecilia from this uh, new album, Romantic Cancer, that you made. Uh, Elizabeth, what's yeah. your earliest musical recollection? 
Just in general, music? Yeah, if you went back in your mind and you tried to find your earliest memory regarding music, what would that be? Like Guns N' Roses? <laughs> you were hearing... Like Hulk of the Jungle or like Girls, Girls, Girls or like the, also The Doors um, and Neil Diamond. A lot of weird... My mom was like uh, really... Mom was like an 80s hair rocker, so when I was like a baby, like she'd be blasting, you know, there was no like limits. My mom didn't care, like I'd be listening to Shout at the Devil when I was like two. So, okay, so she, she had uh, a record collection. Yeah, more like CD, but yeah, she had a bunch of CDs, a lot. Like she's the one, she showed me, she grew up raising, like, okay, I had... I definitely am a product of pop culture because I, as a little girl, I, I really love pop music like Britney Spears and stuff, but my mom raised me like listening to rock so I'd always like known about like well like I remember as a kid I always thought Jim Morrison for some reason listening to Doors I thought he was I used to call him the monster to my mom so I thought he was this big creepy like like I don't know what I thought he was but I saw him I was like very surprised you know because I listened as a little girl he had this deep voice um and I and my mom's really like Nirvana whole the Smashing Pumpkins the Carpenters like the Beatles just like every like classic type of music you know my mom David Bowie, my mom was a very big music fan, and she never played music, but she put me in music at a really young age. Well, so at the house, there was albums, CDs, but no instruments? Um, well, she got me a keyboard. She put me in piano when I was like five. Ah, what was that like? Was it positive or negative? It was good. I played piano all the way to, like uh, with a teacher until I was like 13, but then I didn't want to practice, so... I quit, but it's definitely laid the foundation for me being a songwriter. Was she a good teacher? Yeah, her name was Ingrid. Okay, because I've had, we've had people on the show here that had very negative experience with piano teachers, almost made them hate music. Then we've had other people, yeah, very positive, so that's why I asked. Yeah, just, what, see, it started getting negative because I didn't want to practice, but that was more on me, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Uh this was more like blidge stuff. Like, I want you to play stuff you don't like and, uh, you know, whatever. Exactly. Just bad like, attitude. You know, just re reading sheet music, I was like, it's hard. I can do it a little bit, but I didn't want to get that in depth with it, you know? And like, Sure. But but it did help. I tried playing the flute, too, at school. That was not a good experience. I, I used to just pretend to play. I was going to ask you, Elizabeth, at school did you do music? Were you in the choir, the school band, the marching band, stuff like that? I was in choir at one point in one school and then I did play the flute in band but that's what I was saying I was really bad I don't know why I chose the flute it was so hard for me it was very hard to play and I remember during the concert that I would just pretend to play I'd stand up there and like be like blowing <laughs> into it and nothing would come out I was horrible at it I mean well, I you... really wish I would have a different instrument well now actually my friend has a flute yeah. and I tried playing it and it's you know I think it might have been part of my laziness too when I was that age but it is kind of hard. Well, but like I, I wish I would have played the trumpet actually, because my uncle's like my uncle is a professional trumpet player, and when I was little, I was the only person in my family who could make a note on his trumpet, and I was like three. Oh wow, that's great! Yeah, and my brother plays the trumpet. He's um, fourteen. Wow, uh, but when you were playing flute in the school band, there was probably more than one flute player, right? Yeah, there were. I think a lot. I think a few of them were pretending. It wasn't like, just yeah, you no. pretending. 
Yeah, like when I was at my brother's recital, he pointed out some kids doing that, and I was laughing, and I was like, I used to do that. <laughs> like the chest ain't moving, you know there's no air coming out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to play Everything's a Spiral here, okay?
You did. 
Live for Pedro Show. Yeah, started that chunk of music off with Everything's a Spiral from Globe Lamp. And people were talking about a lamp in the shape of a globe. So get off it, <laughs> flat earthers. Then we had something brand new from Italy, from Bologna, a band called Cut, a tune called Bad Chromosome. These people had me play bass and help them with some spiel on it when I was out touring with Sosonio to buy an aisle a year and a half ago. Uh, Bride O'Brien, after that, with Drunken Starlet. Bride O'Brien is a proj with JB, who was on the show last week. Oh, yeah, week with JB. And, uh, yeah. Nelson, Willie Nelson's granddaughter. That was a neat little visit. Yeah, it was on cool. On the ukulele. I'm just chill. Okay. Mini Beast, after that. You know that's... Eddie? From, hey, do you know Eddie from the Redwood? Sure, Eddie Lopez. Uh, Eddie, he's my homie. He just came over and brought me some coffee. I'm chilling with him. Cool. All right. Yeah, Eddie, uh, electric fuzz. Special delivery. Then we had Mini Beast. I played Beast. residency there at the, at the um, Redwood last year. I'm going to be there, I think, in May. There was there was a period where I played there every month for a year. Hurley's on the bill. George Hurley. Minuteman Cool. Yeah. Minuteman Oh, yeah, he's got a band with Joe Dean called Wrinkling Brothers. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, they're no... But back to the playlist here, Mini Beast. Yeah, sorry, I just got to tell you that. that that's okay, that's out. okay, Liz. Mini Beast, right, well. and that's a proj from uh, Peter Prescott. He's living in uh, Providence now, drummer of Mission in Burma. And they got two new albums coming out. Speaking of new albums, another brand new one, Bob Pollard, Guy by Voices, My Future in Barcelona. Or Barcelona. Uh, Sun Watchers and Eugene Chadbourne, It's Gonna Be Easy. Uh, Lauren, album of rarities with Diadera, and then the Phil Spectres 
feel specters at Oklahoma City with spelunking in your heart. <laughs> and finally, Globe Lamp, Sorceress of Your Soul. Okay, Lisbon, back to your journey in music. Did you do the thing like with friends after school in the basement or the bedroom or the garage, those kind of bands? Uh, no, I was more of like, a, I never, I don't even, no, I wanted to. I was very shy. Like when I was in high school and stuff, I wanted to be in drama. I remember I wanted to be in musicals. I was so shy to perform. Um, like, you know, like I said, I played music at a young age, but I had like, zero confidence when it came to like being on stage. So I got, I never, I always dreamed about being a musician, but I was always growing up in high school. I thought, I mean, I really wanted to be a director or a photographer or a writer, the three of them. Like, you know, I write short stories and poems all the time. And then I realized I could like put those to my, put those to my, so, like I played instruments at home. I had a guitar and I taught myself guitar because I had piano, like the piano knowledge is what I'm saying really helped me learn guitar quick. And then, so I would just look up songs I liked and see what chords they were. And I just, like, taught myself guitar out of practice secretly. Like, nobody really knew, you know? It's like I kind of, like, did it in secret. And when Globe Lamp started, it was like a lot of people were very surprised in my life. Like, they didn't even know I played music. Well, when, when was your first gig, Lesbian? Uh, I don't even know. It was, like, six or seven years ago. And what was it like? What was well, it? I mean, a gig or the first time I ever played in front of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, I usually call a gig playing in front of people, but sometimes people don't show up. <laughs> we call those character builders. The first time I ever played in front of anybody when I was scared, I wrote a song. Yeah. Um, actually, with Everything's a Spiral, that was like a very old song of mine, so ah. I just never recorded. Yeah, I never recorded that song because I don't know why. I did, but I didn't like it, so I re-recorded it. I felt like I needed a re-release, so that was the first song I wrote, and then one of them. I remember my friend told me that he would play an open mic too. We had been practicing in his garage for like all week. And then when we get there, he chickened out, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> I did it. And that was like the first time I ever playing in front of anybody. I like did it. And he chickened out and I played. And then I realized, oh, wow, it wasn't that scary. What's his um, name? There weren't that many. My friend? Yeah. Ivan. Ivan, you shouldn't have been scared. Yeah, very bold move on your part, confronting your shyness and powering forward. Yeah, where where, where was this open mic? That was in Orange County. That was very weird because that was down here. That was in Mission Viejo, and then, but I didn't have a name for Globe Lamp. I it kind of did, but I always had that as my email because I just liked it. But then I got an internship at I moved to Olympia, Washington, and wow. I had an internship at K Records. Sure, did you know P Merkin? Yeah. And so one of my first shows was like playing this weird festival with no Calvin. Calvin K Records is Calvin. Yeah. Yes, Calvin. Yes, he is, he made me a lot more confident too since I was an intern. And he would like uh, I played a show with him. That was one of my first shows. Oh, he's and ball. He, he's balls out. I've seen him do gigs. Right? Like he made me feel like man, I can get up there. He was like, ah, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he he he'll do gigs a cappella, right? Just oh, I'm a young pioneer. <laughs> he's balls out. Much respect. It made me have some more confidence. Sorry, it made me have more confidence, you know? Like, it gave me, like, a little bit. I play alone. I'm a solo performer, so it's like, seeing Calvin up there, I'm like, wow, <laughs> he really has a lot of confidence. Like, I need to get some of that. You know, I, I don't know. Just It just developed over time. But I really, moving to Olympia definitely made me a better, I don't know, like, it's like moving to Olympia, I feel like I might not have became the musician I am if I didn't. Sure, sure. Did you get to meet Toby and Maggie? 
I've never met Toby, but I do know some other like uh, like Cal. I know Calvin and Eric. Do you know Arrington? No, I know Slim. Oh yeah. Right, the Kill Rock Star Slim Moon. Yeah, I wish they're not in Olympia anymore. I wish that was like right. I thought they actually like Kill Rock Stars. I was like growing up, they were my more my favorite one label, but um. You know there's you know, going to be... Hey, Elizabeth, you know there's going to be some Bikini Kill gigs. Yeah, I know. I think the it, lead singer blocked, Kathleen Hanna blocked me on Twitter, so I don't know if I'm going to be going to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's drama. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I got a lot of problems. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to be at the Palladium. I mean, I think there's some big gigs. I know, they are. Okay. Kathleen. Well, you know Kathleen's always been had a lot of fire. I like with I went to, it's kind of funny because I went to Evergreen because uh-huh. of Kathleen, you know? Like, this is like, you're talking to someone who's like a huge Bikini Hill fan. So, like, her blocking me, like, it's like, I'm laughing about it, but it did hurt me. Like, I was like, she influenced me to go to, like, that's who, like, I mean, I was like Nirvana. Yeah. Then it was like, I got into Bikini Kill as a teenager and it really, like, opened my mind to a lot of stuff. So, what? it's like, she definitely changed my life. The first concert I ever went to alone was La Tigra. Ah, yeah. The prod she did after Bikini Kill. Yeah. What, what, what was the first record you bought for yourself? I remember buying... Um, not not your Ma's music, but stuff you wanted. Yes. I remember buying something corporate through the window. Leaving through the window, and I remember... That was like in seventh grade, and I remember in eighth grade <laughs> buying... Bright Eyes, a collection of songs, like this really old CD they had it at Borders. Oh, Connor. Love Connor. Yeah, I could, you know, I can I can tell a little influence. A little yeah, so bit. There's a chord players on my album. James Felice, Is the that, Felice Brothers. Sure. Don Romantic. Have you ever been to Omaha? No, I want to. I'd like to romanticize, even though it's like a cornfield and cold and fucking like in the middle of... Well, well... No. But I mean, I love Bright Eyes. Like seriously, like that's why I became a musician. Like I remember seeing. I've always been a fan for a long time, but I saw Connor by himself once alone. It's even crazier because when I saw Connor alone, James Felice was playing in the band. It's a backup band, and so to have him on my album, it was like so cool to have it come full circle to have James there, and I got to tell him, you know, and I was like, dude. The show you played out with Connor is what inspired me to be Glow Glamp, and now you're like on my album. Like I just was like, <laughs> what? Like I never would have thought that. It's very like I'm, you know, I'm a really big music lover. Like compared to like some people who I know who are musicians, I don't know, not everybody, but some songwriters I feel like are too proud to be fans or something, or they don't ever express their like. Like I'm like very much a fan. Or, like I'm a musician, but I'm also like someone who's like, if I like their music, I'll be like, oh my god, like da 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 da. And sometimes in the music community, yeah. they're not. Musicians aren't used to that, maybe, because a lot of musicians always play cool or something. Like, they don't show that excitement that maybe a fan would show. Maybe they see as a competition or something. Yeah, and I don't like viewing it like that. Maybe that's why. Like sports or some stupid shit. Uh, You know, I got to tell you about Omaha, though. Because Omaha's in the far eastern... I mean, Nebraska's, you're right, it's got a lot of corn. But Omaha's way in the east, and it's by the river... Right, Missouri River, and there's hills, and uh, right across the river is Iowa. I, I know a little bit because D Boone's pop was from mm. around there, those parts. D Boone was part of the. You, you probably like it. 
but uh, it's kind of tough winters compared to California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So, Olympia, you went to Evergreen, the college here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I that's that's where the Slater Slater Kinney uh, people met. Yeah, there's an exit there called Slater Kinney. It's like where they got the band name from. <laughs> there is, brother Matt. I think it's the name of two roads or some shit. It's where Kurt Cobain wrote "Nevermind" too. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, even though everybody thinks it's like Seattle, it's like it was like that's where they just moved. You know, it's like when they got bigger. But it's like there's a house in Olympia where he wrote this album. There's this weird gas station, uh, and it has like a plaque about how him and Chris Novoselic used to go in there and buy snacks. Pedro boy, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's a random gas station. I only noticed it because I went in there to buy something, and I was like, is this for real? Like, I looked at the plaque, and it was, yeah, they're proud of that. So, yeah, he did. I mean, it's a little known. I think that's why Olympia never got gentrified compared to Seattle because, you know, people associate Seattle with grunge. They don't, you know, they didn't really, I don't know. That's why Olympia is kind of special because going there, it's kind of cheap and magical, and, like, it feels like it hasn't been gentrified yet as much. Like, you could still go there and make art, like, maybe in the way, like, you know, in the 60s, you could maybe go to New York and meet other songwriters and, like, go to cafes and have whatever, like, get-togethers and not have a lot of money. And now you couldn't do that. If you go to New York, you'd have to be, like, rich to live there. It's like Olympia has that vibe. Very There's artists everywhere, and it's, it's uh, and, you know, in a lot of cities, you get pushed out because of the income and not being able to afford the rent. So I really like that about Olympia, that it still has that, like, it's easy to live there as a working artist. Yeah, I played the Capitol Theater a bunch. I, I played one of the Lady Fests there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love the Capitol Theater. And, uh, yeah, Chris Novoselic, I think till he was 12, he lived here in, this, in San Pedro, this town here. Where yeah. I, we're talking to you from. Yeah. And then I think he met Kurt up in Aberdeen, which is on the coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right by the Olympic National Forest. Yeah, but it's also, it's not in Puget Sound. It's it's on the coast of the Pacific Ocean, you know. Yeah, it's like right, it's like more towards the tip. and it. But it's like, the, it's the beginning of like, because I went to this forest when I was hiking, and it's kind of cre- creepy because it's like, you'll be in Aberdeen, and it's like the last town before, like, because there's, you know, there's different north, south, east, west in Aberdeen. One, one side of it, like the east side of Aberdeen, it's like literally the last town before this forest. And it's, it's the Olympic National Forest. It's huge, and it was like interesting thinking about how Kurt lived all the way out in fucking like random Aberdeen. It's like you know, it's very far out there. Right, and the guy that hit both of them to the movement was Buzz. And Buzz, the first Melvin's gig was playing with the Minutemen at the Mountaineer Lodge. So I have some early connects a little bit. It's 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 tricky. Well. <laughs> It is trippy. And sometimes uh, Chris will come down to because he's got cousins here. Mm-hmm. So he'll visit mm-hmm. San Pedro. Yeah. He lives on, on a farm. Or, yeah, family. Yeah, like a little collective or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is, it, is it southern Washington or southern Oregon? He's out in the country. Two states definitely have some shit like that. You know? I think it's southern Washington mm-hmm. state. And it's really rural. He's not living in a town. He's a good cat, though. Uh, you know, he, he, yeah, for a little while, he was helping Flipper out with some bass. Mm. And here's another connection. that uh, Ted and Steve, the original guys in that band, asked me to do a t- 
month of gigs with them in Europe with Flipper and David Yao singing. Mm. Oh. So I'm going to be oh, wow. taking... In fact, they just gave me the chord chart that was for Chris Novoselic. Wow. Small, small <laughs> boy. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. March 14, wow. 2019. Dishwap show. Hold tight for hour two. March 14, 2019. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. you say about them could easily say about me I am delusional to think this means anything still I can't stop and see this isn't good Good. 
Time has gone. 
in dreaming of for Pedro show <laughs> round two <laughs> take two we started the second hour off with a globe lamp doing unnatural speeds and afterward discussing allegories possible metaphor uh, San Pedro connection uh, also a, a typhus connection somewhere from downtown watch out people keep your motor clean Mike Rignett after that with me play Alex and Josh slippery one of the most bizarre titles ever <laughs> Trippy. I think it's out of Brooklyn. So that's what that makes sense. You move to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And now some music from the Balkans, from Croatia. We got... Um, now, these guys were from the early 80s and really bitching. Stanislav Zabic turned me on this up Cleveland. Uh, Trobakova Krishne Pesci with Nikad Roba. That's live and... Don't ask me what it means. But... Uh, <laughs> I think the band name was a serial killer guy <laughs> or some shit. Then Shumsky, which had Cornell last month. I know Shumsky means like kind of a forest. It's also easy to say. I love it. <laughs> yeah, with uh, their, their tune was Priyateli Se Sele Na Selo. Yeah. So it's probably a play on words. Looking at how it is there. The Mellow Man after that has got um, um, Mirslav on the bass. Comesia, mm. which yeah, a lot yeah, of our yeah, right. yeah. guys are yeah. from Comesia. Yeah, I mean he's a Zagreb guy now, but he goes way back. Uh, he was telling us he visits his grandma mm. still. It's on an island called Vis. I don't know if we have Vis people because mm. there's actually two towns. Mm. The bigger one is Vis, but mm. like I've never met anyone in Pedro. They're all Comesia because <laughs> I don't think they'd get along. <laughs> like most humans. <laughs> and then finally, Sexa, uh, another. Uh, Croatia band from the early 80s is incredible. You know, the Minutemen could play gigs with these guys in Marco. And finally, Globe Lamp with Lookout Mountain, three words. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, Elizabeth, about your songwriting uh, process. Yes. Well, I was saying that, like, okay, well, some songs are more interesting than others in describing them. Like, for example, <laughs> Lookout Mountain. Yeah. Just saying, like, that song is kind of unique in my song. And the way I write songs, because I haven't really written a song like that, meaning the way I wrote it was a different approach. I, When I was at school at yeah. Evergreen, yeah. it's a very uh, uh, non-disciplinary school, so you can like turn in songs for a project or poems, anything that actually matches the subject matter. So our, we're reading this book, The Rest is Noise, yeah. and it's like about yeah music history from the 20th, told through like, the history of the 21st century told through music, and so I accidentally read the wrong chapter, I guess, for class. I read the, this chapter on race and music. I don't know. My, we were supposed to read something else, but I wrote a song about it, so it's, like, not only I come to class, and everyone's sharing their project or their paper, and I'm, like, no, it has nothing to do with what I just wrote, you know? I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, shoot, like, what the heck? Like, I'm, like, am I on the wrong topic? Because everybody's talking about something completely off, and then but my teachers still give me credit because the song 
Uh, it sounds like it doesn't, you wouldn't know this stuff unless I explained it because it's based off this book. So it's like in there, I was reading about this guy, Marion William Cook, and he was an African-American composer, and he was born after the Civil War in Washington, D.C., and he really wanted to be considered a professional musician, but since the racism at the time, like, wouldn't allow him to. And so he used to go to this mountain all the time, and it was called, it was called Lookout Mountain. And so the song... It's like the rest was all noise to me. That's like the title of the book. When I sat on Lookout Mountain, dreaming of better things, no one could, no one could tap me on the shoulder and ask me to leave. Because in the book that it was talking about, that was a subtle way of being racist. Yeah. You could just tap someone on the shoulder, and it would be like you got to get out of the club. So it's like nobody would tap me on the shoulder and ask me to leave when I sat on Lookout Mountain. And it's like imagine. So it's, it's all about like him, and I don't know. I just that story to me it really inspired me reading about him. Like the the stuff he had to go through it was. It such, seemed such a struggle. It made my struggle. Maybe like you know, I just felt like I had to write something about it, and then I turned it in. I've never turned in any. I got credit for this for school too. So this was just a project for school. But then I thought it was an important song, so I started playing it more. That is the only song that's ever been like written like that of mine. Usually, I just write from like my journal or um, you know, sit down and record some chord progressions on my phone and string together things. I kind of work in a way where I kind of string together things. I can't just sit down and write a song in full in one session. Maybe I'll write the chorus or something or the verse. But uh, yeah, that was a very weird way of writing a song, like reading a book and, you know, writing it like a song based off of it. But I tell um, you, I tell you, Elizabeth, I've been, I've been inspired by books. There's a level yes. of ab- abstraction that's kind of neat. You don't have to worry about ripping off the licks <laughs> right <laughs> I'm actually inspired by books a lot like when people ask me a lot of stuff I don't know why because it's imaginative and I think I've always liked songs that are imaginative I mean music's all over the place you could like noise you could like you know rap you could like whatever you like it's like but for me I've always liked uh, lyrical and um, storyteller type of stuff words I used to want to be a writer so, yeah, that makes sense. Or a director, like you were saying. Or Connor. Like, I think Connor is one of the great... Yeah, director. Like, I think Connor Oberst, like... Yeah, he's not the best singer of all time. Or, like, it's just, like... But he's such a great songwriter. Like, the lyrics, what he has to say, it's, like, very prolific. Like, and... So, like, stuff like that. I mean, I'm very... Uh, I respect that with someone's a good songwriter. It's rare. Yeah, yeah, I respect you. I also respect Brother Matt, and he's going to bring us now the spin set. Brother Matt, yeah, cool. Me too. Okay. Here we go. She drove a big old Lincoln with suicide doors and a sewing machine in the back. A thousand bing bangs near the end. Nothing was ever what it was. And a light bulb that looked like an alligator egg was mounted up front on the hood. Had myself a kind of brainstorm. Took a tablespoon of buzz. And she had a tattoo gun that she made herself from a cassette motor and a guitar string. X-ray eyes can see right through me. Naked thought put on your clothes. And she always had leaves in her hair. You hear that funny laughing? Just the call of ancient crows. And she cut two holes in the back of her dress because she had these scapula wings. 
Somewhere near the raveled edges By the pool of Thinkabits And they were covered with feathers and electrical tape And when she got good and drunk she would sing Once again the notion hits me Half is quite a bit of wit About Elkhart, Indiana Where the wind is tall And folks mind their own business Power up that upper story. Ten percent is all you use. She had a hundred old baseballs that she'd taken from kids. She collected bones of all kinds. Take a flight of simple fancy. You're the one who has to choose. She lived in a trailer under a bridge and she made her own whiskey and gave cigarettes to kids. Okay, all right for you. Look into the tiger's eye. And she'd been struck by lightning seven or eight times and she hated the mention of rain. See if you can see the desert. Pour a drink, my throat is dry. She made up her own language and she wore rubber boots. She could fix anything with string. Poetry ain't gonna catch me. Climb up this high plateau. And her lips were like cherries and she was stronger than any man. And she smelled like nutmeg and piss. Finish up what you were thinking. Just a day or so ago. And she put mud on a bee sting I got at the creek. And she gave me my very first kiss. Illustrate the visionaries. Go by a doodle pad.
sweet old mountain smoking stones. The dry sand falls, the strawberry mouth, strawberry moth, strawberry caterpillar, strawberry butterfly, strawberry field, all the way he'll slither on the heels of today's children. Strawberry fields forever. Young roosters, no brass roosters, tin to your eggs. In a chilly, clean, white, red farmhouse. Tractors calling, people are crawling. Green road, I'm in a coach, yeah, pro.
fucked up and she did it all by herself But even when she got her ass off of the streets He would visit her in her dreams The last time she saw her darling was at the funeral parlor He was fresh off of the prison shelf Yeah, he died with a needle in his eye But she was clean, clean Please tell us what made you do what you did to us right now with your spin cyclists. Well, we start with Ken Nordine. He just died. He's a classic voice. Uh, died a couple weeks ago. So, so jazz yeah, jazz. yeah, yeah. So we got that one with him and Tom Waits and and Jerry Garcia. Yeah. And then I got a bunch of new CDs. The not MP3s. The good old CDs. Good old CDs. The last couple of weeks. So some new tunes in there. New discs, not new tunes. Speaking of Jerry, I was hearing Bob Weir talk about Jimmy. There's a new trip on Jimmy, Doc. And uh, always, Bob Weir talking is always kind of blurry, but he wasn't here. Pretty fucking right on. And you know, I tell you, every interview I've read with Jerry Garcia, I wish I could have met the dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to push his car once. Did you? Uh, at Frost Theater up at Stanford. Uh, they were cutting out oh, backstage, well, yeah. And uh, it's like this little road that the limo got stuck in a big pothole yeah. and needed a push. So they said, hey, we've got, give, give Jerry a push. And his hand came out with a missing finger, gives yeah. a little wave. That's better than uh, asking to use your head as like a little <laughs> thing under the tire. I think that's what happened. Keith Moon, right? His guy, his. Driver man ran over his head. Oh, destroyed man. him. Yeah, yeah. Accident. Damn. And, okay. Elizabeth, <laughs> you there. Anyway, thank you so much for bringing forth yes. that cyclist. Certainly. Yeah, so, that Lookout Mountain. Okay, that was based on, like, a school project. Well, it was the wrong project, but it was a project. Yeah, uh, wrong project, but I got credit. You still got credit, yeah. That's um, very good. So I really, the teacher was like, okay, you really thought about it. Yeah, well, you know, probably interested in the process that you carried it out, you worked it out through, you know, just because you didn't (laughs) do what was asked of you, you still did the process, and I think the professor saw that. Oh, sorry, brother. brother. Uh, What I'm wondering is, I mean, there was an assignment, but what, what usually inspires you to write a song? Uh, I guess it's kind of weird with frustration or angst or like being mad or upset, I guess, when I look at it a lot. Of, um, well, you were talking about your journal. Feeling of not being, it's like when I can't, it's like a feeling of not being able to express something that I can't express with words. So usually those are stuff that fits in the category of like upset, frustrated. You were saying so something, guess, you were saying something before about your journal. Yep. So, because I write down random, like, throughout, I'll make up 
you know, a line or something that I think is good and I'll just write it down because I don't know what to do with it at the moment. It's like I'm collecting lines, you know, I feel like I'm collecting pieces of like stuff and then I'll flip through the journal when I'm like have my guitar or piano and like just look through it and like kind of thread things together, like certain parts I start realizing go together or maybe if I'm more inspired, I'll write longer than just one little piece in my journal. I'll write like a chorus, you know, and then later on add to it. It's more like I'm always writing. So what, uh, what I'm wondering about uh, is the word, the lyrics, they come first before the music. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, cause I'm, it, they kind of go together, right? Sure, sure. But I do use a lot of my words because I'll just go through old journals from the past too and find stuff. Do uh, do different entries make it into the same song sometimes? Different entries make it into the same. Yeah, they do. Okay, so it's not it's not only just one moment. It's just uh, it's all your uh, stream of conscious. Yeah, well, because sometimes I just clip, like, okay, like, sometimes I'll just clip a part, like, a line out of a poem I had, yeah. and then I'll, like, use another line in the poem in a different song later, or something, or I'll take a few parts out of different you poems mean, and put them in. You're one. talking about a repurpose? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but they don't, they, the original's not out there, so nobody, like, knows really where it's coming from. Sure, sure, sure. Pay no, yeah, atten- pay, pay no attention. Life. Maybe I'll write... Pay no, sometimes you write ice. Wait, what? Pay no attention to that lady behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> right? The Wizard of Oz. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. March 14, 2019 yes. edition of the Watt for Pedro show. Special guest Elizabeth LeFay. Hold tight for hour three. March 14, 2019. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Spent all my money I lost something He told me to come over Bring my guitar, my camera He was wearing a maroon jacket I was wearing a vegetable gown Lived in her metallic house We could see our reflection so clearly Caught in the to me I spent all my money I
Four in the morning, in Olympia, and, you're, and you're downtown in Olympia. Morning, kind of tripping on some mushrooms. Okay. 
okay? And then I looked over, I'm alone, it's like four in the morning, and I'm like, see this big, tall figure, and I didn't realize what it was at first, and it was this huge heron, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was so beautiful, I like started crying, because I thought it was really gorgeous, okay? And it was like a full moon, yeah. but then it made this crazy noise, it was like, and it flew <laughs> over the lake. And it was really scary because I was like, oh, I'm not sure. No, it, 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 you know, never, some birds have. I started crying because I thought it was so beautiful, okay? But then it was like, but then it made that, it heard me. I was like trying to be quiet watching it. But then when I started crying and saw it, it like it made that crazy noise. Yeah. You know, it looked like going to be all beautiful. Like I was like, oh, like, look at that beautiful bird. Like the, and it just. It was like, ah, it, like so, it, it sounds was, like it's throwing up, like vomiting. But you know, that's its song. Yeah, exactly. That's its so song. It sounds like a dinosaur or something. And, and it's got weird kind of a, kind of, turkeys have this too, a little beard mm. in their chest. The feathers, yeah, but they're like little hairs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a trip. Uh, they got a cousin, they got a cousin that's smaller and white and they call, call them egrets. And they're always down by the rocks mm. at Royal Palms. Uh. I did my hobbling route on uh, Royal Palm White Point this mm. morning. I saw some egrets mm. and also some uh, cormorants in the surf. Uh, well, These guys, man, can they swim? Uh, look, this album, A Romantic Cancer. <laughs> uh, well, first I should tell you what we played. We started the third off with Birds Down My Back. And then uh, Mikhail October, she was on the show a few weeks ago with Bondage, Coat Hangers. They were on the show. Mm -hmm. The live at uh, Alex's with uh, Springfield Cannonball. Uh, details from Romania after that. Girls on the beach. Yeah, the coat hangers, right? Two of them were Georgia. And one was living out here. Uh, Julie Slick out of Philadelphia. Great bass player. Friend of Pe uh, Petrus. Uh, National Debt. That's Crane up Idaho. You can Good. One fell swoop, and finally Globe Lamp with no hesitation. Yeah, I'm curious. No hesitation. Yes. Any insight? I mean, you don't have to talk about it, but any insight? Well, like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Insight into it? Well, to be honest, <laughs> there's a lot of drama. It's a lot of, there's a lot of tea. That's all. Okay. But, also... <laughs> It is like a song that's about, you know, like when the whole album is about viewing love as a cancer that you want to be avoid, you want to avoid and you're afraid of because you think it's like something you don't want to catch. It's like about somebody who's like afraid of falling in love again. So it's like if you love like a cancer, it's just kind of like thematic, this album in a way. So no hesitations like, oh, like I'm going to love you past the hesitation in my mind, like past the pain. I can't control like all the pain, the past experience. It's kind of, the song is deeper, like the inspiration, sometimes songs you write about certain things in your life that, you know, it's like then the song becomes bigger than the event. Sure. It's like the song to me has a deeper meaning now, like it was written as, like, honestly, like I gave, it was written for Laura Jane Grace of Against Me. Sure. The song, we, we had a relationship, a friendship type of deal, and she wrote me a song, too, called 333. And wanted against me did and then played it as against me. Okay, wanted me to write a song back, okay. and uh, that was the song I wrote back. It took me a long time to write it though. They had some drama. Like she said, I didn't write a song fast enough. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it was some music. Yeah, like I mean, for me, it was like a blow. To try, that was 
and against me for a long time, okay? So to have somebody, it's like, <laughs> what about sorry, this one, I can't Liz? write this song as fast as you. Like, it's like, well, we're all, but, di- we're, all I mean? we're all different. Yeah, but yeah. Song, if you listen to the lyrics, there yeah. are, like, certain certain things in there that, yeah. like, there's an album called New Wave by Against Me. Sure. So, you know, the lyric beginning that's mentions New Wave, okay, there's a lot of little, like, things. It's not something that, I've talked about it before in another thing, and Laura knows the song was inspired by her, but now I feel like the song has a deeper meaning, too. It's, like, just a song about, you know, getting over your pain and opening up to somebody, I guess. What about this next one, Lowest Low? That was, like, a stream of consciousness song that I wrote once on my phone. Like, I just pressed record and, like, was just saying how I felt. Like, and it was very, like, I just put it on SoundCloud, and then people liked, responded to it, and I listened to it sometimes, too, and I liked it because it was so unthought. Like, I didn't think about it as hard as other songs. And Let's listen. Just,
maybe some time. Not too soon for looking out so far. We'll see our lonesome selves looking back like diamond frogs in little jars. Well, maybe some time and not too late for looking in so near. Well. See a bubbly little souls grinning back from here to here. Well, I remember the moment that I, I, I first realized I was alive. This that almost killed me. This that almost killed me. Well, I ain't got a problem with deception, and sometimes I can't help but appreciate it. Mostly, I can tell the difference between a small light and great with a cup of hope and a whole pound of bullshit. Life is messy. Life is messy, and we're all freaks. There's never, ever been. The rules are lucky We're also lucky We are lucky You too
Watt from Pedro Show, final music for this edition. The Lowest Low from Globlamp. Straight from Smart Leash to SoundCloud. Where did you record this album, Elizabeth? In upstate New York, in Saugerties. It's like kind of by Kingston Woodstock area. Sure. What's the name of the pad? It's my friend Jay Anderson's studio. He like built it. It's out in the woods. Ah, okay. So you had a lot of time. Yeah, but we did it really quickly. But you did it quick. Okay. You had a lot of isolation, uh, no distractions. Yeah, no distractions, just out there alone. And and also, uh, a lot of the tunes were already written, right? You weren't writing in the studio so much. Yeah, no, a lot of them I already knew. It was actually kind of a battle because... Well, not a battle, but like, yeah, I already knew what I wanted. Sometimes when you record with people, they already they have their own vision of what they want on it. Sure. But it's like, you know, I wanted I wanted it to be purposely minimal. Like, I'm into having overdubs and being a loud sound. Like, Globe Lamp is a project that will continue. But in my discography, I wanted an album in there that was, like, stripped down, and that was, like, me acoustic. So that way, sure. if somebody listens to all my albums, there's one in there that's, like, just not as, like all over the place and trippy and dreamy because the other ones have a lot more going on and people have a natural inclination to want to add stuff on it so it was kind of like a battle where like you're like no i just want it like this so would you say (laughs) that you you were the producer yeah okay that's great uh after uh we had dollar with freedom for some then spain spain is uh petra hayden's brother josh god is love finally romantic cancer globe land Watch out for those tumors, hmm. for that tumor. <laughs> I am not a tumor. <laughs> what was that? That was Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, right. In a movie or something, right? Not a tumor. Tumor. Not a tumor. Something like that. Where do people find you on the internet, Elizabeth? Um, to listen to me, I'm like on Bandcamp and Spotify Apple Music everywhere. No, but I, is there a is, is there a Globe Lamp website? Is there a Elizabeth Lafay website? I have a YouTube channel that I use a lot. I live stream and but look, also. Let me give you some advice. Get an elizabethlafay.com website. That's it's just like your own fanzine. Okay, you can That's go to true, all the, you can Globe go to all those other places too, but you should have your own. Yeah, because some people. Well, I just have every medium, so whatever anybody has, I'm on there. Yeah, but I... Use Instagram, Twitter, this is just Facebook, a suggestion. It's just a set suggestion. Yeah, no, I will. I used to, but it just kind of was like, I, I didn't use it as much. I used to have a website, globelamp.com. Ah, great. Okay. And, and, and are you going to record, are you going to tour this album? I don't know right now, at the moment. I might a little bit, but... And if you go I, out, what will you do? Will you play just guitar singing? Or, or will you have a band? Yeah, I have a keyboard. Okay. There might be somebody else in the band. It just matters on the situation and who's around because I can always add people or not. Who's got an accordion? Yeah. <laughs> the, I'm writing a song, though, with... Oh, yeah, I'm working on writing because I'm recording a song with the guitarist of Third Eye Blind, Kevin Cadigan. He's like the guy, he got best, he's like my, like honestly, I got read about Third Eye Blind and how the guitarist got effed over by the lead singer really badly, 
And so I made this YouTube video about it. Like I said, I'm a YouTuber and I make videos too. I live stream. This actually is like help my income. Like this is like a way oh, cool. for me. It's wow, like you can make a living off yeah. doing that. It's like it's helped me a lot, like gain like momentum and stuff. But he saw my video and he, you know, like saw and he was like, "It's good to see a young artist like learning from my mistakes." Because basically, the lead singer like went behind their back and made this name under his name instead of the whole band. It's just like he ripped them off a lot. And the next thing I knew, he was, like, suing them. Like a week later, it was, like, TMZ, like, Kevin Cadigan, like, suing the singer. It's, like, because he helped write their biggest album. Like, he was the lead guitarist, like, and the songwriter for their album that was, like, the one everyone knows. Do, do, do. Like, that album was the only <laughs> one. They have, like, six albums. That was the only one that was... And, Don't you know, take... Of, like, a thought there. He's going to write, like... Make sure you don't take too long writing that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Look, it's been a big honor yeah, to ha- like it's it's been a big honor to have you on the show. Me and brother Matt want to thank you so much for telling us about this. And I I, I, I like this advice too about people got to take care of themselves or get uh, beat up in this racket because it's rough. But I want you to keep on keeping on, okay? When you get get another record, come on the show and talk about it. I will. Thank you. Okay. It was awesome and an honor to be on the show. Okay. Brother Matt, thank you for your always essential aid in a bed. Certainly always. People, it's been March 14, 2019 edition of Wife for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>